0: On today's episode of the Ringer Fantasy Football Show, we go through all the weird, murky start-sit situations this weekend, like Zeke Elliott and Raheem Mostert. And we also give our gut-gut bowls, our million-dollar lineup, and we invented a German word. Stick around.
1: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.
2: This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com.
0: Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I'm joined by Craig Horlbeck and Danny Kelly. Are you guys ready for a fun fact?
3: Yeah, sure. All right,
0: fun fact. We have a lot of German
3: listeners. Nice.
0: because That's great. We span across the globe. We were talking about German <laughs> old words and how we need an old German word to describe certain fantasy emotions. We got a lot of emails from German listeners. So I wanted to read, first of all, thank you to everyone, and everyone was very kind about our terrible pronunciations. But I want to read an email we got from Mel. Mel. <laughs> Mel writes that German is famous for being very literal with their words, and when a new word is needed, they just jam together existing words to describe the new word. For instance, <laughs> the German word... That's great. I love that style. For instance, the German word for ambulance is Kronkenwagen, kranken, which literally means sick car. And then... Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mel writes that the German word... You can invent a German word for the joy and pain you feel when a player's on your team in one league, scores in you in another league, as Freud... Freudish Schmerz of in Ligen, which literally means the joy slash pain of too many leagues.
4: Wow.
3: Okay, great. You actually did that pretty well. I'm impressed. I don't know if you pronounced it correctly, but it sounded like you did to me.
4: There you go. That's Well, that's all we're going for. <laughs> thank you to all of our German listeners. That's yeah, lovely. Yeah, thank
0: you to Mel. And thank and sorry to everyone feeling the Freudish Schmerz of in Ligen. I didn't do it as well the second and, time. And it's very <laughs> okay.
3: applicable, applicable this week because we've got so many difficult sit-start decisions. I, I just feel Enough like with leaf. the combination of injuries... COVID uh, guys going on to the COVID list. This is like, it feels like one of the most confusing weeks of the entire season, which is great because it's in the playoffs. Cool.
4: Yeah. Cool. It's, it's like the dark German dark thing semifinals of, of fantasy playoffs. I feel like there's a lot of chaos.
0: <laughs> like the German words, there's a lot of pieces. You're not sure how they fit together at first. Oh, yeah. So let's just go through because as DK and Craig just said, it's just like, this is one of the hardest weekends of the year. I feel like in terms of there's just so much uncertainty about certain players that are are Mm -hmm. on the fence about playing and what to do. So we're just going to roll through a lot of weird situations and just what we make of them. So number one, if you take only one thing from this podcast, there are two games on Saturday. So you have to set your lineup (laughs) for Friday night, especially if you live on the West coast, like do not go about your Saturday afternoon and forget there
4: are football games. Yeah, don't start drinking with your friends. No hot toddies at five o'clock. And you're What's just a, like hot, all, toddy? a hot toddy? It's a hot toddy, the alcoholic drink. What? It's like
3: a hot alcoholic drink.
4: It's a great winter alcoholic beverage. I, I've it's never like, even
3: heard of it. What?
4: Oh, it's really good. It's like it's almost like a alcoholic hot spiced cider.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. That sounds great. It's really okay, good. Well, don't get up with your, your hot toddies or whatever. We'll, we'll talk about that later. But the so also, I can't believe they're doing this because Bills-Broncos is during the Clemson-Notre Dame game. And then mm-hmm. Packers-Panthers is during the Bama-Florida game. So I don't know why they didn't reschedule these games. The NFL doesn't seem to have a problem rescheduling. Why
4: do they ever do this on Saturday? I don't understand.
0: So the answer is the only reason they're not on Saturdays the rest of the season is because literally the law, there's actually a law when the NFL and AFL merged, they actually had to write a law that was like, you can basically only play on Sundays. You can't own the whole weekend. And that's how college football (laughs) came to be Saturdays because they're legally not allowed to do it until college is done. But they scheduled it. College football games pushed back to this weekend. So college moved into the window. And then the NFL's like, we're not moving. So now you have two weird, really meh games during the best college football game at this But so the basically
4: weekend. the NFL was just like the second we can own Saturday and Sunday, we're going to. Yes. The the moment we can have the whole the whole weekend, we won it.
0: That's that's <laughs> okay, how it goes. It. So don't forget to set your lineups, number one. Number two, the question mark guys, I think we should start with Ezekiel Elliott, because they're going against the Niners. He has a calf injury. He did he didn't miss practice on Thursday, so he's not practicing. He also seemed to split touches to Tony Pollard last week. Admittedly, it was garbage Mm -hmm. time, but still, what do you guys make of Zeke Elliott? Would you play... So first off, if he doesn't play, how do you feel about Tony Pollard? And if he does play, would you even play him this week against the Niners?
3: Yes, I would. So I think if he doesn't play, Tony Pollard is actually a really interesting, um, like a handcuff type play, a flex spot type play, just because he's been really impressive when he's gotten opportunities. Um, He's almost... He's like literally actually almost a borderline flex guy. Just with the fact that they're splitting reps right now, you know, they don't seem to be leaning heavily on Zeke and why would they really honestly like to finish the season? He hasn't looked that great to, to start with and then they just what's the point of them feeding him 30 carries a game while, you know, they're like not going to make the playoffs all this stuff. So I, I think you still got to start Elliot if he's like if you don't have any like realistically better options at this point just because. He's still going to get enough volume to be, you know, a, a flex or like an RB2 type guy. I actually think Pollard is pretty interesting regardless of whether he plays or not. So keep an eye on Elliot as we get closer to the, as to the games on Sunday. It's looking like he's going to play. And, and that's kind of like the main takeaway. It sounds like he's going to play, but if he doesn't play, Pollard becomes this like rocket ship guy.
0: The one thing for Pollard to note is that he nine of the thirteen touches he got were in garbage time. So I don't love him as the flex option if Elliott goes, and I do think mm-hmm. they're probably just kind of keeping it out for the week. I agree, though. I I actually like Pollard playing more. I like Pollard more if Zeke is out than I like Zeke with both right. playing, which it's is kind of crazy. funny to think about. <laughs> All right, next one up. The Broncos have a weird situation here. Melvin Gordon is questionable. Philip Lindsay he is Melvin Gordon has a shoulder injury. Philip Lindsay is questionable with a hip injury. He also has like a toe injury too. He's dealing with. So the expectation is Melvin Gordon probably plays. We don't really know about Philip Lindsay. Do you even like any of these guys for this week? I mean, they're going against the the Bills, whose defense is getting better.
3: I don't love either of these guys. I was going to say, Gordon, it it sounds like Gordon's going to play. Fangio said on Wednesday that he expects Gordon to play. But again, this is a situation to monitor. I guess the reason we're doing this is just like a few guys you have to pay attention to as we get closer to Sunday. Um, It sounds like Gordon's going to play. I think if he does play, he's one of those like a fringe RB2 guy right there on the cusp of sitable, even if he is playing. And so I think we'll get into some of the guys we like more this week, maybe some of these rookie running backs, which I've got kind of outlined. And, you know, we can go from there. But I'd say Gordon is startable as an RB2 if he plays, but it's borderline and and no one's going to blame me if you go a different direction.
4: Yeah, I lean start for Gordon. He's actually been not too bad. And he's one of those guys who I feel like is always playing through injuries. But, I mean, he's had 18, 3, 14, and 10 over his last four games. He's actually been kind of all right. And mm. the Bills are a pretty average run defense.
0: The next one I, I think that's interesting here is Matt Stafford. Uh, he has a ribs injury. They're going against the Titans, which on paper is a good matchup for the Lions. But realistically, if Stafford's hurt, it, this is really this is all really weird. All of a sudden,
4: they do have a good backup, one of the better ones in the league.
0: Well, so the, well, there's two questions here. There is If Stafford plays and if he doesn't, what happens to the rest of the skill players? But if it's a question of pain tolerance, I feel like Stafford's going to play. This dude played games with like a broken back He's last year. He's a warrior.
3: Yeah. He is. I actually saw this really g- great quote from uh, the Athletics' Chris Burke, who knows, you know, he knows the Lions really, really well. He said, I don't know if Matt Stafford's going to play Sunday. I do know that before the Chiefs game last year, he looked like he could barely walk. He didn't take any snaps and warm-ups because he was so uncomfortable. And then he played and he threw for 291 yards and three touchdowns.
4: <laughs> That's so, awesome. stafford is underrated and underratedly cool i feel like i think he'd be a bigger deal if he was in a cooler market That's a good point matt ryan
0: i don't think would be interesting anywhere but matt stafford would be interesting anywhere totally
4: yeah
3: yeah i totally agree um if if so if he plays marvin jones obviously is is a start if if he does not play if chase daniels play chase daniel plays is it, it would you start marvin jones would you still go with him
0: I don't think I would. I, that, that's just a level of just avoid. It's, that it's one whole of those thing. that if if you Marvin. Jo- here's the thing. I actually think this is an interesting spot for Marvin Jones. I think you dock him a little bit because Logan Ryan, the cornerback, might be shadowing him. But still, it's like I don't. I'm not impressed by the Titans D. I think Marvin Jones has been not getting a lot bad, of opportunity. Yeah. But I, I, I'm just not willing to lose my fantasy playoffs because Chase Daniel couldn't get Marvin Jones the ball. But here's the thing: Stafford's probably going to play though.
4: Even if Stafford does play, Marvin Jones has scored more than seven points once in the last four games. He's not lighting the world on fire. He had one big game, and that's what we're kind of remembering, but he really hasn't done too much. I think he's the
0: opposite of how we usually think of him. I think he's the opposite of how we usually think of him. I think that in the past, he's had this steady kind of diet, and I think in this game, he's a boombox. He's not the kind of player of like the old Deshaun Jackson mold mold of like 20 points or under five, but that's how I'm thinking of him for this week. I think he could blow up or do nothing, but I'm doubting the in-between.
3: Did you guys hear about Frank Ragnow? Has oh my God, a the center fractured, fractured throat. 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 <laughs> the Lions center.
4: <laughs> what is
3: that? I, I, so Wait, I, I don't mean to laugh because it. that sounds terrible. No, we should
4: yeah. do a segment every time we learn of a brand new football injury. We should just talk about it. Fractured yeah. throat?
0: throat, fractured throat. Go- Googling injuries. So I, I don't know about you guys. For me, you know, like. There must be physical injuries that freak you out. For me, it's like eye injuries and then spine. Anything spine, anything throat is just like freaks me out. So I looked into this and apparently. fair. Part of what's going on here is they called it a contusion, but really he has like a bruised vocal cord. So they were like, he doesn't have problem eating or breathing, which, you know, those would be huge problems, but he can't really talk because he has bruised vocal. I don't even want to think about what that
3: means. That's tough as a center because I feel like they have yeah. to communicate a ton. He's the,
0: one, he's the one supposed to be yelling out coverage. So here's the thing. I hate to be the person who's like, what's the football aspect? You probably shouldn't be playing football if you have a fractured throat. That Let's just make that clear. But if he is going to yeah. play and Chase Daniels is in there, it is actually a logistical challenge to have a backup quarterback and a center who can't talk. Listen,
4: yeah. bruised vocal cord sounds way less serious than fractured throat yeah that's
0: I don't know what to make I'm not a doctor I I don't know did you
4: guys ever in high school uh, you know like remember five starring where you hit somebody in the back with your hand and it makes like. uh, yeah yeah. so there was another one you know it's like pantsing people there's all those like stupid things at high school we had had table
3: table topping we would run over and hit people really really hard on the shoulders (laughs) <laughs> like, it doesn't do any damage, but every time people are, you, you just run up behind them and just go, bam, and it was like a thing that we did in our whole class, and everyone was like, oh, like, and then everyone would
4: clap. We had this awful one called, <laughs> I don't know why it was called, I think it was called papaya. I think you just, I think you just yelled papaya, and then you would like karate chop somebody's throat. Oh, my like, God. <laughs> Okay, that that's, seems that seems that's meaner. Not like super duper hard, but like just enough to where it kind of choked you up and your Adam's apple kind of hurt. It was the worst thing ever. So I no feel No fractured throats? I feel for the center. Uh, it sounds like the worst thing of all time.
3: So that sounds like you guys took it up a notch from like the shoulder hitting and the, yeah, that's and the like back different. slapping.
4: Dude, I don't know. Five-starring sucked. <laughs> Getting five-star five-starred is like an awful feeling.
0: <laughs> I would rather be five-starred than throat-punched. Oh my God. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> Frank Ragnow you were thinking of you. Other mm-hmm. weird decisions. <laughs> this one actually is the easiest one. Ironically, is Christian McCaffrey is almost definitely not going to play. You should play Mike Davis if you yeah, have. Mike Davis has been officially. great. Mike Davis has been fantastic.
4: Play him. And I would prepare for Christian McCaffrey. If you somehow win again without McCaffrey, like you have the whole year and you make the finals, I think there's a chance he, they shut him down for the season. I mean, I especially if the Falcons. Agree. Or if uh, the Panthers lose, they're four and nine. They're going to be four and ten. Like, I don't know why they would play him.
3: It doesn't make any sense. No.
4: So prepare for that. There's another player. Julio Jones is another guy. He might not play this week. The Falcons are terrible. They might shut him down as well. I wanted to ask you guys about this. Shutting down is like a weird part of fantasy football that we haven't talked about. And like the whole reason that there's the fantasy championships are not on week 17 is because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of guys who get benched. A lot of games don't matter. They're not trying as hard. So it makes people are sitting
3: their starters. Yes.
4: Don't you think that the shut shutdown season really does start around week 15, 16? I know it's shortening the fantasy season, but it is kind of BS that like if you yeah. draft a guy in a bad team, he might just not play because he's sore. In but on a typical week, he may have actually played because it's important. It's like, should the fantasy playoffs be like week eleven, twelve, and thirteen, or something? It, that I no. think that's, that's actually I I agree with that I think that would be a really good idea
3: because yeah I mean think about the stuff we were just talking about as we were prepping for the show there's so many freaking randos so full disclosure we're recording this Thursday afternoon we were all very glad we don't have to talk about Tyron Johnson from the from the Chargers because this is a Thursday night game <laughs> the the podcast comes out Friday morning um we were like I don't know what to do with this guy. Like, I'm starting him in one league, one very deep league. Um, But it's like these kind of decisions suck, and it's because guys are just getting so beat up later as the season goes on. Some teams that are out of it are sitting their star players or not rushing their star players back. I guarantee you Galladay is not coming back just because he's, like, going to free agency, and I'm not trying to get hurt in the last two games of the season. You know what I mean? And so I think there's some validity to that. Doesn't it feel a little bit like the, the fantasy regular season drags on a little bit? Oh, my God. I don't know
0: what about you two. Make the playoffs
3: like four weeks long. Something about you two
0: turns me into the crotchety old guy. But like, welcome (laughs) to the real fucking world, guys. The Eagles have played 13 combinations of offensive lines in 14 weeks. (laughs) These real NFL teams are trotting out randos. If your fantasy team is in any way supposed to mirror what's happening on the field, guess what? The, The real teams aren't happy about playing Tyrone Johnson either. You get used to it. It's not supposed to be,
4: this is a fake-ass game, it's and we want it to be fun. It's called fantasy football. Like, why would we
0: want to just have <laughs> all of our star blend. players? They're, guess what? Well, yeah, it's about blending fantasy and reality. It can't purely be fantasy. It's not like you just have a team of Madden 99s. Like, if the real guys are all getting hurt, like, you got to play someone.
3: I think you I start know. the fantasy playoffs in week 11, and it's just a four-week Royal Rumble, and the person who ends up on top wins That's it rid- all.
0: No, this is just... <laughs> oh, this is... I have such strong
3: opinions about like fantasy formats. It's hilarious to me. I have
4: extremely strong opinions about fantasy formats. Hear me out. Playoff starts week one, and if you <laughs> lose three times, you're out. First one to nine wins wins the ship.
0: Well, the the real the least climactic, but maybe the best format of all would just be to do it like Premier League style. Points. You should just get points, and there's no playoffs. It's called best. That that's be really not fun because you can't shit talk. <laughs>
4: there's no like side exactly. bets. You know
0: none of that stuff. extremely anticlimactic. Okay. You guys want to go into uh gut calls, bold
4: predictions? Et Did we talk about Ronald yes. Jones and it-
0: Oh well you spoiled it. So we yes, were that's it, Craig. part of my gut
3: call. <laughs>
4: yeah, peek behind the curtain there, all you
3: at home. He's trying to be real sneaky with the uh, segue there, but no. Let's just well let's just get into
0: him now. I because we were gonna talk about this, but then we then I basically realized that I wanted to talk about Raheem But it's okay. Well I'm just gonna go into it right now. Sure. My bold prediction this week is I think Jeff Wilson is a top 10 running back.
3: Top 10? I think that that's the crazy thing to spicy. say. but I
0: feel strongly about him playing this week for a few reasons. Basically, he's getting equal run with Raheem Mostert right now. And Mostert. I, kind of Mostert. Every time. Every time. And
3: <laughs> just say, just think of it as like the mostest. He's the, the mostest. Mo- he's Mostert? the best.
0: Yeah, okay. I'll totally get it right. Uh, anyway, Raheem now he's dealing with an ankle injury. He did. He didn't practice on Wednesday. We don't know the status of uh, status of him practicing on Thursday, but it's a mix of, I think Jeff Wilson actually will get the majority of snaps and carries this week because they were basically splitting it last week. Anyway, and the Cowboys defense, I think, is a really juicy matchup. I understand they played really well against the Bengals. I don't care. The Niners are not the Bengals. The Niners have, like, the best designed offense in football. But the Bengals do not. And I think that the, the Cowboys, even with some defensive shakeups, are not going to be prepared. I think that at a fundamental level, I'm banking on—it's not just Jeff Wilson. It's, I'm banking on Kyle Shanahan to extremely outcoach Mike McCarthy. And the defense by a lot. And I'm very confident in that. And I just think Wilson has a big is a great mix of he's getting enough carries in a great offense for like scheming him open. And he has the home run ability. And I just think he's he's a, a nice mix of like a decent enough floor for a flex with home run ability. Obviously, it depends a lot on how healthy Mostert is. It, you know, if they're splitting it. But if Mostert can't go, I think he's a huge, huge guy. And then even if he can, I think Wilson could have a huge day. So I love Wilson as a flex this weekend.
4: Yeah. You like him as more than a flex top 10. Well, I mean, it's bold. I mean, I'm
0: going out there. I'm not <laughs> saying he's really good at, like I don't know for sure, but I I would not be surprised if right. if, if we're doing top scoring leaders on Monday show and Jeff Wilson's like second or third. I just wouldn't.
4: And listen, check check your leagues. He's 52% rostered. He's barely he's being started in like a seventh of leagues
0: and I think that he pretty easily could be a top 20.
3: So, I want to read what Kyle Shanahan had to say about Mostert on Wednesday. This is after practice. He said it's kind of like how all high ankle sprains are. He zinged it a couple times in this last game, which is going to happen to him a lot, and it just felt a little worse than normal, and I think he's talking about early on in the week when he's not practicing. Uh, He said he's not practicing today, but we feel pretty good that he'll be able to get there at the end of the week. So, I think it still hurts a little bit more than usual, but the imaging was positive. So, he got an MRI early in the week and whatever, just to check. I think, honestly, this is makes me more worried, though, because, like, he's getting zing during the game. I could absolutely see him just, like, play the first quarter, get re-injure yep. it, and then just, you know, Mostert, take, like, to be 12, 12 total snaps. Correct. Yeah, Mostert. Um, so, how do you feel about playing Mostert this weekend? I'm very nervous about it. For First of all, it's a great matchup, like you said, with the Cowboys, but the way that they've been rotating it... It just makes me nervous, man. It's one of those things where he's still coming back from his high ankle sprain. There's tons and tons of research on how, you know, performance really lags coming off of high ankle sprains for more than the t- like a long longer than the players actually like, you know, actually coming back to the field. So those was before you
0: know, McCaffrey and Michael Thomas have basically just not been themselves since they had those.
3: Exactly. Even Saquon came back from a high ankle sprain and he just didn't look that good. So I just, yeah, you know, I think most are his where he separates himself is like his explosiveness and his ability to hit the home run. And if he's not a hundred percent like that makes him less attractive or, or a higher risk, I I should say, you know, of just like not being what you want. And so, Mm You know, in my league that I have him, I, I'm lucky to have a couple extra options, and, and I'm just not going to start him. But he's the kind of guy who's very borderline for me.
0: He's not a blanket bench because he still has upside against in this good matchup. But if you have, right. like I said, if you have other options, don't feel dumb benching him, but don't automatically yeah. bench him either. Uh, that's my bold.
1: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house.
2: We're sticking
0: with murky situations. We usually don't share, but this week it felt different. DK, who's your bold?
3: This is a similar line. This and this guy to me is not necessarily. I'm not like confidently starting him in leagues, but this is a kind of player that you can plug in as an RB2 slash flex if you're having major problems with like your lineup right now and the waiver wire is bare. Lenny Forans, our guy. Leonard Fournette, who is basically all but forgotten in this uh, Tampa Bay wow. backfield, he was a healthy scratch last week.
0: I mean, Fournette for us has even become a Glansberg. Our guy, Lenny <laughs> Forks, is a Steven Glansberg. It's a fall from grace. It yeah. sucks
3: because for half the year, we were like, we literally didn't know who the starter was going to be. And then it kind of, uh, Ronald Jones emerged as the guy. And then Leonard Fournette took the backseat completely. But with Ronald Jones, Ronald Jones, number one, had to get surgery on his finger. I think he had a broken finger, had to get a rod inserted or screws inserted or something like that. There's an unclear turnaround for that injury. And... Arians was talking about like we don't want to put a guy out there if he can't show that he can hold the ball with one hand, blah blah blah. It just makes me really nervous about uh, Ronald Jones. In addition to the fact that he was on the he's on the COVID list as we speak, there's a chance he could get off of it in the next few days, but I don't think he's going to play this week. It's it's not looking like Ronald Jones is going to play. So that opens up the door for Leonard Fournette to be the starter. Again, it's a little murky. We don't know what the situation is completely. Like maybe LaShawn McCoy is the guy. Maybe even Keyshawn Vaughn comes in out of nowhere. So it's it's definitely a risky-ish play um, going up against Atlanta. But I'm just looking at, number one, if Julio doesn't play, Atlanta, I feel like their offense is just going to be punchless and not very good. And so I could see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go up on them and just kind of like try and like control the clock, run the ball a lot, do their thing. In competitive games, they've been pretty hash-heavy, but I could see them getting an early lead and then just kind of like trying to grind it out in the end. So that's what makes me a little bit confident in Fournette versus a pretty good run defense for most of the season in Atlanta. But again, this is a bold call, and I'm just going to cap it at double digits for now, like 10, half-point PPR. Um, I'm hoping for like a 20-touch day for Fournette and see what happens, but... In terms of just, like, finding a guy who can get a little bit of volume this week, you know, I think he's he's a potential, you know, RB2.
4: Should I go bold now? Just I guess, yeah. The, we, just, we just went two bolts. So we'll get do the bulbs out of this way. week. Uh, my bold is that Irv Smith will be a top seven tight end this week. Ooh. I, I like this tight end versus the Bears trend. It's worked out. They've actually been pretty bad consistently the entire year. And Kyle Rudolph is hurt. Doesn't look like he's going to play. Irv Smith had a great game last week. If if Chicago can do anything to slow down Justin Jefferson and Thielen, I think Irv Smith could actually be like a legitimately, you'll feel really good about Irv Smith and you'll look smart in your league. I think he's a good good start. So I'm saying top seven tight end.
3: I like Smith. He made a couple of great really catch nice last grabs. week. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say he's like a, he's athletic. He's underrated in his ability. He, he didn't like test really well coming out, but he's very athletic and he moves. Did he play well.
0: basketball in college?
3: No, I don't think oh, so. Oh, we played
0: tight you end know, in college? I'm out, I'm out. I don't even... I don't, if you played tight end in college, like <laughs> I don't
4: even
3: want to hear about you, honestly.
0: Who are you?
4: Yeah. <laughs> if Please. any tight end plays tight end in college, I'm out. I uh, Yeah, no. If, I mean, if you're not athletic
0: <laughs> enough to play basketball as a, in, as a college athlete, I don't know what you're doing, to be honest. Okay, I like that one.
3: As long as we're on the bolds, I want to just throw out a couple more. That These are not my official bold takes, but I, I think these are... Guys that you can throw into your lineups as like a flex option if you're desperate this week if things are not working out with your roster, Donovan Peoples Jones against the Giants and and the reason I think of him is not just that he's had a couple of good games over the last few few weeks he's averaged like 23 yards per sem- per reception you know he's been a big play threat for the Browns offense this is a guy who he was a six round pick out of Michigan but he his. Testing numbers his athleticism numbers are absolutely bonkers good. Like he had like a 44 inch vert, super fast. Like one of the best athletes in this draft coming out. Um, he just didn't have very good numbers at Michigan. Their offense just wasn't very good. So to me, he's a very interesting play against the Giants, who are going to be without James Bradbury, who just put uh, who just got put on the COVID list today. And he's this outside deep threat type of guy that Bradbury is typically going to kind of shut down. And so. He's interesting to me, um, and I think it matters if Kadero Hodge plays, so keep an keep an eye on that. I haven't actually seen if Hodge is going to play, but if Hodge is out, I like DPJ as kind of an a, a under-the-radar flex-type option, big play type of guy. The other guy to keep in mind here, which I actually like a little bit more, is Gabriel Davis of the Bills, oh, John I was Brown. going to
0: throw him out as a desperation bold. There
3: you I go. I also
4: have Gabriel Davis. Are you serious? we okay, so all have. We can all talk. Davis? We can all talk
3: about Gabe Davis this week. Who's oh had God. I think touchdowns in like three or four straight games.
4: Three straight games, yeah.
3: Yeah, and he is you know another rookie who's come on because of injury. Um, John Brown has been declared out, I believe, this week. So he's, he he kind of maintains his role as the deep threat, the number two guy in this offense behind uh, Steph Diggs. And I don't know, he's just good, and he has a good rapport with uh, Josh Allen. He's, he's a good deep threat. So he's another type of guy who he, he's a little bit boom or bust, obviously. But um, I just like his his chances of getting a touchdown this week again.
4: Yeah, I love Gabe Davis this week I, without John Brown playing. Uh, Denver's got like a, a bazillion defensive backs out.
3: Gabe Davis is good. He's going to like next year. Keep Keep him on your radar for next year, by the way. I think he's going to be really good next year. All right, who, who's up now? We're doing guts? Back to normal, the guts? Yeah. Well,
4: my gut was that Gabe Davis would be a top 30 wide receiver, so I'm penciling that in here. Okay, there okay, you go. Okay,
3: perfect. Yeah.
4: My gut for this week, I'm going to just snipe
0: DK because I feel like DK probably has this. <laughs> I think I think you should start J.K. Dobbins this week if you have him. He's somehow He's you, st-
3: you sniped the hell out of me.
0: I knew it. I knew it. I knew you loved Dobbins. I, I think he's only being started right now in like a third of ESPN leagues or like a little over a third. This dude is the starter. DK has been screaming about play J.K. Dobbins all year and then lost in the Lamar Jackson. Did he poop or not or have cramps game is that J.K. Dobbins is the starter. Even coming back from the COVID list, they're giving him they went. He went from like 40 something percent of snaps. He's in the 60s now. He's he's clearly at the head of this rotation. And more and more importantly, the Ravens offense is rolling again. This is not a team that looks stuck in the mud anymore. It's they're playing well. And I just this is a good matchup and the offense is rolling and he's playing. It's like a perfect storm. He's underrated. If you have him, I don't know if you have a flex option better than J.K. Dobbins. So sorry to yeah. snipe you, DK, but I also did it on purpose.
3: That's perfect. I think he nailed it. Um the the key thing to me is is not necessarily even that he's the number one guy in this offense, but it's that it's it's turned from a three-headed monster into a two-man crew with him and Gus Edwards. Like Mark Ingram is essentially yeah. out of the picture at this point. He had one carry. I think he had one snap or or he came in like the first series had one carry and then was done for the rest of the game last week so i think yeah i like this one the game script seems like potentially pretty strong for him in terms of like i could see the the ravens jump out to an early lead the jags are just not good and you could have them just run the ball a lot and and, and find ways to get into the red zone get these guys opportunities to get into the end zone so also um, we
0: forgot to mention the jag they're playing the jaguars who suck we kind of left that part out
3: so my yeah, what did you have for your benchmark?
0: I just said he's top 20, just to be like he's play him. Yeah. yeah. Top 20 at the position. What's your gut for the week, Day Or that was your gut? J.K. Dobbins? That
3: was my first gut, but I'll just go with my other one. It's, it's sticking with the rookie running back uh line here. I think DAndre Swift is a I'm gonna put 12 plus half PPR this week against Tennessee. And I actually like him regardless of whether Stafford plays or not. I could see if Stafford plays, obviously their offense has a little bit higher ceiling, or a lot higher ceiling, and that could be good for him. But also, if if Stafford is out, I could see them kind of funnel the offense through Swift a little bit here. Um, Lots of dump-offs, lots of runs. Um, The Titans have been giving up the seventh most fantasy points per game to opposing uh, running backs this week, or this season, so... So it's a good matchup for Swift and for uh, the Lions. So I, I don't know. I just like Swift a lot this week. He didn't seem to have any hangups coming back from his extended absence because of um, the concussion and the illness. He played fewer snaps, or at least a fewer uh, a lower snap rate than he did prior to that injury. That big game he had, where he was kind of like the breakout game for him. But I think they're just kind of ramping him back up. It was over fifty percent this last week, so he's still the lead guy in that offense. And again, he's just good, and it's a good matchup.
0: I like that. Craig, who's your gut for the week?
4: Well, so other than Gabe Davis and then my bold was um, Irv Smith. My other gut, I kind of have two here. One, I'll be quick. I think you can start Michael Pittman again. I know he didn't pan out last week, and we'll get to that in a bit. He had, like, 40 yards, but he's still seeing a lot of targets. He's He hasn't seen lower than, like, a 17% target share over the last, like, four games since, or, like, five games since he became a thing with the Colts, which is pretty good. Still think he's worth it against Houston this week, which is, like, a terrible defense. But another gut I have is, like, if you're struggling at receiver, there's been a lot of receivers recently who have screwed you. Debo Samuel, Julio Jones, you know, Will Fuller a few weeks ago. There's a lot. Um, Kendrick Bourne on the Niners versus Dallas is, like— you know, interesting, he's had seven and a half targets a game without Debo in like the last five weeks, which is not bad. He's gone over 80 yards one time. I mean, he's not going to light the world on fire, but the Niners are throwing it a lot recently. Nick Mullins is averaging like 42 passes a game over the last three games. I think there's a chance that Kendrick Bourne can provide you with like a like a safe floor. If you like your team mm-hmm. and you want like eight points, nine points, I think, uh, I think that's what Kendrick Bourne can get you. I love Kendrick Bourne as
0: a player. I think he's one of those... He has, like, the biggest gap between his real-life value and, like, he's he's borderline fantasy-relevant. But, like, for the Niners, he's just the go-to guy in third... It's kind of like how Hunter Renfro on the Raiders is just the third-down guy. But he's not <laughs> right really... You're there. never going to play him. Kendrick Bourne was just a tier below, I think, like, Michael Thomas and people. He had, like, 28 targets on third-down last year and, like, caught, like, 27 of them. He's insane. So I, I love any... <laughs> I love those kinds of guys getting shine, and honestly, I just I could see him carving up the Dallas defense because I think he is excels at a lot of things that Cowboys are kind of bad at covering. So I like that one.
3: Kendrick Bourne is to me like this total blind spot because he's his name keeps coming up, and you know he always has a few good games every year. It seems like he did this last year too a little bit, um, but I still absolutely refuse to like even. Look into who he is. He straddles
0: the line between good football players and completely fantasy irrelevant. He is the yeah. he
4: is
3: the bridge between the groups. I'm gonna
4: be timid. I'm gonna say just over eight fantasy points, which I consider a startable flex if you're if you're you know nervous. If you're better stretching.
3: than a goose egg, put it that way.
0: Let's desperate times call for desperate players, like learning who Kendrick Bourne is. Okay. Million dollar lineup time. Let's do it. No, wait. We got to go over last week. Oh yeah, right. Last week. Well, we might as well skip
3: it. Unfortunately, I, think, I feel like Kaifit's purposely or maybe subconsciously tries to skip this every. It's single It's a week. Freudian
4: slip each week. <laughs> it's a uh, massive part of the doc. Like we, somebody did the work. Well, I'll I just don't blame you. We've
3: had, we've had a few. We've had a rough patch on these. Yeah, folds.
0: So I, I said Miles Gaskin can be a top twenty running back. Uh, he didn't even fucking play because he was on the well, COVID list on Saturday. So woof. And then Matt Stafford said he'd have a good game. Top 12 quarterback, not even close. He got hurt with the, hand, the ribs injury, so he didn't come close. I also thought Tyler Lockett would have his game against the Jets. Top 10 receiver, not even close. He couldn't even do anything against the Jets.
3: Vaughn into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed.
4: He decided to retire. Sad. Yeah, tough. Tyler Lockett not even
0: playing football anymore. Unbelievable. Unbelievable.
3: Uh, I'll go next I had JD McKissick 12 points in half PPR Uh, he missed it by a little bit he had 9.6 still a decent game 11 carries, 68 yards technically incorrect though Jamison Crowder I had over his half PPR point projection of nine and a half I was wrong I will say there was some extenuating circumstances shortly after we recorded the podcast he suffered a calf injury in practice
4: just from listening to the podcast
3: I think yeah. so. He was just, you know, he didn't want me to get it, it right. It got him like so a,
4: hyped, he was sprinting.
3: He was Josh Jacobsing it. He just didn't want me to have my glory, I guess, or whatever. He, just fighting with these fantasy football analysts. But, um, he ended up playing, and he played a pretty good amount, but you could tell he was definitely hampered by the injury. Um, I didn't even write down what he got because it was sad to, to think about. Um, but I was thinking, I think it was like, he only had a couple of catches. And then my bold take was that Curtis Samuel would have 20-plus points, came up short. He had 12.5. He had a really good second half. He was actually, I think he had a goose egg going into the half, and I was like, oh, God, this is going to be terrible. Um, came on strong in the second half, had seven catches, 68 yards, two catches for 20, or two rushes for 22 yards. Um, so if
4: you want to spin that, though, DK, be like, Curtis Samuel is averaging 12 and a half points in the second half of the last half.
3: a half. <laughs> there you go. Um, he came up with a hamstring injury today on Thursday afternoon. So keep that in mind going into this next week, by the
4: way. All right. So mine equally as bad. Michael Pittman, 12 half P- PR <laughs> points did not do that. He had five and a half. T.Y. Hilton is, is back, I guess. Uh, I said, Alan Lazard would have double digit points. He did not. He had three. What's the tight end's name? Rob Tanyan, Bobby Tanyan. He's just sniping. Tanyan. Tanyan no, Tanyan, no it right. rhymes
0: with the onion. He didn't tell anyone until like week six.
4: Right. Yeah. <laughs> Tanyan has been good. Uh Tanyan rings. Alan Lazard's, it looks like it's going to be MVS, who is a guy who is interesting this week against Carolina. Carolina lets up a ton of deep passes, like the second most in the league. Mm -hmm. So MVS is a good dart throw, even though I would never trust him. And then my bold was (laughs) Mike Williams, 15 and a half points. Wrong, but he left on the third snap of the game with a back injury. So we have no idea.
3: Oh my God! I stand by these. Yeah, some of these, some of these, are had extenuating circumstances. The COVID list one, especially, is like, wow.
0: MVS has a big game, but we were all watching Clemson, Notre Dame. Does it even? Does it even happen? (laughs) Does it even go in the book? I don't know.
3: Oh man. Okay. This is the week where we do a lot better, though. I feel it. It's all right. We're gonna
0: win a million dollars this week. That's true. Every Friday, we're making a Fanduel DFS lineup, playing for a million dollars because I mean, we got to be like seven hundred thousand entries here, so you know, we got to be a little creative. Trying to make a million
2: dollars a week. The year I turned 26 as the head of my own brokerage firm, I made $49 million, which really pissed me off because it was three shy of a million a week. Did we win a million in the first week of
4: the fantasy playoffs last week?
0: No. Ah, damn no it. we did not. Damn,
4: another week. I really thought we were going <laughs> to get at least <laughs> one or two. I mean, we did win once
0: <laughs> this year, technically. So, like, I think that one out of 17 is not that bad. Okay. This week's lineup, quarterback. We're going Ryan Tannehill. I feel like Tannehill was the theme of the week for us. We just, just the time to give him the respect he deserves going against the Lions. Underrated. suck. Same thing. Derrick Henry against the Lions. Same reasons. Lions are terrible. Derrick Henry's good. I feel like this is one of the most imbalanced offense-defense matchups of the week. Other running back, Jeff Wilson, for everything I said. I just love Jeff Wilson this week. I feel like he's the perfect, he's just, he's cheap and he's available and Mm -hmm. could have a huge game. Trying to beat 700,000 people here. Receivers, we're going Justin Jefferson. Brandon Ayuk, rookie combo. I think they could have both have big weeks. And then Allen Robinson at receiver two. They're going against the, the Vikings. So a lot of Bears-Vikings here. And then Irv Smith at tight end. Taking Craig's word for it. And if it doesn't work out, he's fired. Irv. Five.
3: I love the name Irv, by the way. Irv.
0: Flex. We're going Tony Pollard. <laughs> Screw it. We're kind of swinging for the fences here. We don't know what happens to Zeke. But I feel like this is the real... Like You need to hit a nine-player parlay. I feel like this is the one where you sure. actually separate. Fuck it. Why not? Yeah. And then at defense... Ideally, you could get Rams versus the Jets, but we can't do it. So we're doing Patriots against the Dolphins here because Bill Belichick is, without checking the record, basically like 903 against rookie quarterbacks. And as much <laughs> as we love Tua, I just, the, the thought of the, receiver, the Dolphins receivers who are all hurt, poor Lynn Bowden trying to go against Stephon Gilmore and if Parker even plays. And then the offensive line is overmatched. is overmatched. Every aspect of the Dolphins right. offense is kind of disturbing.
4: Look what the Pats just did to the Chargers and Herbert. I mean, exactly. granted, Anthony Lynn's not as good of a coach as Flores, but you know, it's a good bet.
0: I think. I, I think that the Pats D is going to be quite the challenge for the Miami offense. So that's our that's our million dollar lineup for the week. I'm excited about it.
3: I'm sad that we didn't get Gabe Davis in there. Gabe Dave. Gabe Dave. Gabe Davis playing on Saturday. Gabe Dave. <laughs> we love
0: Gabe Dave.
3: We were talking about Gabe Davis off the off the air, and Craig's just. This his new nickname is Gabe Dave, which reminded Gabe me Gabe Dave. Uh, uh, Winston Bishop from New Girl names his newborn baby Dan Bill, which is the fucking funniest thing in the world. <laughs> Dan <laughs> Bill, we're calling him Dan Bill. I don't, I don't
0: get it to be honest. What does it have to do with Gabe Dave?
4: It's, they're both like first names. Two very one
3: syllable. Oh, like
0: a German, like an old name. German word. Just shoved together. Take the first. Name. Wow,
3: wow. What a through line. Unbelievable.
0: See that? That's how the magic happens right there. fantasy court time all right it's from patrick from kentucky pat pat big pat pat ken pat Tucky. okay (laughs) in a league where i made the championship in large part thanks to you guys we don't have a punishment or anything for next year and a guy who's in sixth place or something went and picked up jeff wilson wow On waivers this morning when I put in for him. I guess my question here is, what's the ruling? I talked to the commissioner. Who is my opponent in the championship? And the commissioner's like, we'll add the rule for next year. Classic. The guy who picked Jeff Wilson up has nothing to play for. Not even a draft spot because next year hasn't been discussed. So is the person, are you allowed to make pickups with no skin in the game during the championship weekend?
4: Taking players away from those guys. (laughs) I think it's no, right? I know no, you can't, but do no. It. They should lock waivers if you're not playing. It, yeah. There is, so here's the thing. in the I think in
0: leagues where there's last place punishments or anything involving seeding or anything, sure. I think obviously you would need to pick up guys. But in this kind of league where there's not really last place punishment, there's not really reason to come in sixth or eighth or whatever, there is often like this weird gentleman's agreement or like a gentle people's agreement. To just not touch, and you let the champions kind of go. T- it's what's that Godzilla thing where it's like, let them fight.
4: <laughs> like it's kind of like that. Oh, well, it works the other way around too. We had a guy in my league who's not in the playoffs, and he dropped all of his players, and then everybody was trying to add him. And it's like, no, I don't like
3: the I don't like this agent of chaos thing that people in the losers bracket do. Like, knock that shit off. This is the etiquette, and I think the rule should be that if you're not, if your team is out of it and there's absolutely no reason for these teams to play anymore, their, their roster should just get locked.
0: I might offend people who listen to this podcast and honestly, I don't care because if you're one of those people who loses and then drops all your players and is like, screw it. I want the whole late league to burn. Then you have control issues because if you're, that's like, <laughs> if I can't win, nobody can, I don't care. It's like, that's awful. Don't do that. We live in a society.
4: I love the commissioner saying we'll add that rule next year. Such so a classic commission. Thing <laughs> well, that's, the,
0: that's the intrigue here is that the commissioner, it would be, we. I, I also at the same time though, if there's no rule and it's this unspoken thing, I don't know if you need to undo the ad, though. It's a dick move by the by the owner who's out of it, the manager who's out of it to be making that change. But I also don't think it's aggressive enough to take Jeff Wilson off of his
3: roster. That seems aggressive, too. Put, it, put him back on waivers. Let the waiver system do its
4: magic No, but again. I don't think
0: the commissioner should be doing that. That's just like the guy could be shamed out of it, but I don't think the commissioner... If it's not a written-down rule, I don't think the commissioner should be interfering with the guy's team.
3: Like, that's extreme. It's just like it's a dick
0: move, but it's you can't That's do anything That's what the
3: commissioner it. is for—to interfere when people are being dumbasses.
0: No, it's that's not what a commissioner's for. Commissioner's <laughs> yes, for like when there are rule no when the rule was broken or there's a clear lapse of of something's gone injustice. This is not an injustice. It's just like come on, man. But you can't you can't throw a flag for inco- for like, come on, man.
3: I don't understand the reason that someone would waste any time doing waivers when they're all the way out of it and there's nothing to play for.
0: Well, but the flip side is you can't ask people to be competitive when they're out of it and then they're picking up players and you're like idiot. Why are you picking up players, moron? Like you have to be consistent.
3: Not in this case. This is not a consistency matter. This is just, you're out of it. You have nothing to play for anymore. Would you
0: feel this way if your opponent was the one who was trying to get Jeff Wilson? And they're like, he should be cut from that roster and given to me. <laughs> but the, the, me is your opponent.
3: No, you shouldn't be given to anybody. You just put back on waivers and let, let the people that are still playing for something do the waiver system. Let that, let that system work.
4: Yeah, like, I guess you, you have to, like, have another round of waivers then.
3: Yeah. No. I, I think it's just, like, it's
0: it's a, it's a an unspoken rule, but, like, if you break the unspoken rule, like, okay, well, now we just got to talk about it. <laughs> Spokes, talk about the rule.
3: Throw out the guy's head the next pitch, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Look, ball don't lie. It'll figure itself out. Okay. Yeah.
0: So there you go. Pat from Kentucky, you're screwed. Sorry. Best of luck. Maybe Jeff Wilson won't even do good. And all of our lineups will do terribly. So maybe you'll win.
3: Yeah, if if there's any if there's any god, Jeff Wilson will just suck or whatever, and it'll be fine.
4: <laughs> if there's any god, and yeah, if there is a god, I'm sure he'll be focusing on fantasy this week. <laughs> Please, if there is a
0: god, don't focus on anything but fantasy.
4: Focus on reality. It needs your help. Okay,
0: maybe there's an old German word for that. Probably. All right. We'll figure that out next week. All right. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, DK. Thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you to all the German people who sent in the German words. Thank you to the Germans who came up with those words, especially the what is it? Grief Bacon. Thank you, Grief Bacon. And thank
3: you, Lorne. Lorne. Thank you, David Hasselhoff. I tried to think of I tried, wh- of, I tried to think of a, a German a German singer. Are you kidding? He's absolutely he's a, a musician.
4: Is he a musician oh slash oh actor oh or an
3: actor slash musician? He is massive. Massive.
4: David in Hasselhoff is a massive singer. I, I did thought he was not an actor. I, just, I'm not going to lie. I,
0: I, I learned about him from dodgeball.
3: I think this is maybe like a my generation type piece of trivia. But yeah, he's like this massive singer in. But he German. sings on
4: the side. Listen, <laughs> or is he I famous primarily for the singing? Heifetz, well, you may the, agree with me here. No, I think he's famous for being an actor and maybe secondary. Yeah, yeah. No, he so was at least in America. Was, yes,
3: correct. He was famous for being in Baywatch or creating Baywatch or whatever it was. Yeah, but his music. I'm reading this is from his Wikipedia right now. His music career took off in the late '80s, achieved success at the top of the charts, which went triple platinum in Europe. He's a tri- triple platinum singer, Danny.
0: Okay, I want to dunk on you for being like he would never be the musical act on SNL, which is like the whole premise of this bit. But Obviously. you did think of a German singer, so fine.
3: it was applicable. Okay. Who is the singer who does 99 left balloons or whatever the the oh, gold yeah. gold something? <laughs>
4: Wait, I got a Hasselhoff thing. Fitz. do you agree that all kids born in the like ninety two to ninety six seven range were introduced to David Hasselhoff due to SpongeBob in the SpongeBob SquarePants movie?
0: Oh my God, you're right. Well, Craig and I we we agree on this that the actual like <laughs> the word millennials and Gen a, and Gen Y and Gen Z are meaningless. The real divide between millennials where millennials end is SpongeBob. If you grew up watching SpongeBob. You're not a millennial anymore. It changed. Millennials. This is exactly
3: it, why I can't talk to you guys. I, I you always talk about SpongeBob. I've li- literally never seen it one time.
4: <laughs> yeah, well, that's you're not a millennial. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you're, you're not invited. I think technically this... I
3: am. A, I think I am a millennial. You're not in the no. salty platoon. <laughs> yeah.
0: You don't even get that. <laughs> you don't even get you don't even know what we're talking about.
3: <laughs> Wait, actually, what am I? I'm not actually sure. Maybe I'm not a millennial. I don't oh think. Oh god. I am. Who am I? What crisis? a millennial
0: last question to ask, who am I? My God. That's okay. true.
4: We ask that all the time. I'm Gen X. Oh wow. Yeah, you're Gen X. I was close to I think we're close to Gen Z, but we're not. Should we end this podcast? No, I am a <laughs> I am a millennial. Is any Holy of this shit. gonna make it or is Craig
0: gonna cut all of that out?
4: there's no there's no actual <laughs> like official ruling on who is what right like it's no all no there's like well so the problem with the generations is it's it's supposed to
0: be for like a large group of people like it's like a 10 or 15 year block to measure how you know how mortgage trends over 30 years like you're looking at massive swaths of generational data for wide sweeping socio sociology reasons and then we use it in the internet era to talk about like why we hate younger people or older people but we draw we paint these huge brushes when really it's for like economic data and census data and then we just completely bastardize the terms for our own like pseudo-cultural armchair reasons
4: yeah what he said
3: According to this thing, millennials are people born between 1981 and 96, uh, which is me. So that's kind of crazy. That's
0: the thing. I don't, thing. Actually, the real, I don't the consider real generational, myself a millennial. I think the real generational lines are, te- at this point, it's about technology. It's how old were you when you were able to talk to everyone you knew at any point of the day? Like, that's really <laughs> like the real, like, like, were you in eighth grade and in puberty when you could talk to anyone at your school? Or were you in college or were you in elementary school
4: like that's the real dividing line Uh, heifetz and i are the last generation where we did we like i still remember like like we had flip phones like we used t9 texting like we didn't have touch screens like throughout middle school you know what i mean right I think that's a different generation. Like, although like we were getting introduced to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff and kind of like middle school, high school-ish, but like the kids now who have it when they're like four, I think there's a difference between us and them. Oh, absolutely. But the the back
0: in the day technology thing, it's like, they say that like the music that you consider like the best music is the music you, you know, that was around when you were like started having sex. And like, I think technology is the same
4: thing. Like when you start (laughs) flirting, no, I'm serious. Like that's the technology you're getting nostalgic about. I is, should think Jay Sean, Tao Cruz, and Akon are the best music of all time, exactly. and I don't. It's not a, I don't think that. Please. <laughs> the Black Eyed Peas Far East movement? No, none of those. Although, Flo Rida, the most underrated pop artist the last 10 years. <laughs>
0: That's the take. I love Literally it. Literally a Flo Rida man.
4: Flo Rida makes absolute heaters. There's so many <laughs> good Flo Rida songs. Dude,
3: you know what I, I think the generational divide is, Danny? We, I think we talked about this. It's <clears throat> people who watch Saved by the Bell after coming home from school are are one generation. The people who watch Spongebob after coming home from school I think that's are fair. generation. I
4: think that's fair. Sure. I've never seen a minute of Saved by the Bell. And now the next generation Boom. is the kids who just there we go. did
0: school at home. They never came home from school. They never left for school in the first place.
4: Yeah, the, now it's like you watch like Jake Paul vlogs. No, now it's just like, oh, you just do school at home. <laughs> like,
3: if you watch Saved by the Bell on TBS at like... Three forty-five. it started at the we it started at a weird time it wasn't like at turn of the hour like a half hour it started
4: at like 3 45 for some reason like, you know what i feel like we did it like i would watch like everybody loves raymond king of queens Home oh i Room love
0: it. oh yeah tv said that murder row of like it was everybody loves oh, raymond god Seinfeld Runs, Friends. That's the
4: best channel of all time and then just but like kids now like do you know an 18 year old? One, do you know an 18 year old? Two, do you know an 18 year old that watches sitcoms ever? Like old sitcoms? Like they, don't, they just missed all of it. Like people I don't, don't know have an 18 year old.
0: You are the youngest person to bitch about young people. Congratulations. <laughs>
4: i'm really sad, no i will and- say that when i was growing up i always
0: felt like old people were so old and that i would always understand technology and that we would never happen to us and i realized it's actually happening to us faster i am more mm-hmm. out of touch True. with people just like five or seven years younger than me than i feel like other like it's ha- like i am just so far removed I, I i like like even people four or five years younger than us they don't they've never even opened a facebook account and i'm like holy shit we're already old
4: well also not even that like you know how like when your parents try to work some new technology and they get kind of frustrated they get mad at it if they can't figure yes. it out. And we're like, "No, too it's easy." Well. <laughs> if you told me to like make a TikTok video and like make it relatively elaborate, oh, the same I thing. Would, I have no idea how to do that. It would probably frustrate me and I'd get angry. One of the most
0: humbling moments in all seriousness of my life was when someone handing me their Android phone and was like, "Can you just send a text for me?" And I couldn't do it. And I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> I don't know how to send a text That's on a different awesome. phone. I'm just like a mental slave to Apple. I have no idea how to use this thing." That's like one of the most used devices in the freaking world. It's just an Android. I couldn't figure it out. And I was like,
4: This is the longest BS we've ever had at the end of a show. And I'm going to keep. Is any of this going to stay? I I think I'm going to keep all of it. We're still at a decent time. Okay, whatever. Let's get out of here. If
0: anyone made it to the end of this episode, genuinely like from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Because you are just (laughs) a great person.
3: I have a story. This is, I changed my, <laughs> changing the
4: subject slightly, but you Keep talking about going. how people, are are young people not using Facebook now? Is that a thing? Correct. Oh my God. I, no. I myself, DK, if you consider me a young person, I do not touch Facebook.
0: Good. Um, they, they all went to Instagram, which is why Facebook, well, it's not why Facebook bought Instagram, but one of the reasons they bought Instagram is that, and actually a big thing was when they put Instagram by Facebook on the loading screen for Instagram and all the kids were like, holy, like holy shit, like Facebook owns Instagram. I never really understood that before because Facebook to younger kids is just like the thing your mom is on. And so that's right. what happens. You flee from the ones your mom and dad are on. And then also, and then all the Russia stuff came out around 2016. The combo, the, like it's just not cool mm-hmm. anymore.
4: I think the boiled down answer is it's not cool anymore.
3: This is kind of age me probably, surely. But I remember when I was in college, my buddy who was going to Stanford at the time was emailing me. People used to communicate through email you know, with your friends, he was emailing me telling me about this new thing called the Facebook. And it was yeah. like this awesome thing at Stanford. And and no one had it. We didn't have it at that point. And then like a, a year later, I think like our school got it. And it was very much just you had to have a college email to get into Facebook.
0: That might be another cultural divide. Do you remember when it was the Facebook?
3: Yeah.
4: <laughs> and then Justin Timberlake said, drop the the.
3: Oh, Dude, that is I saw that. Justin Timberlake changed the world. Um hmm. Anyway, Facebook is weird now. I don't. I'm off
4: it. Great take. Timely. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook's weird now. Danny Kelly in 2020. I think Instagram's leaving too. Really young people, high schoolers. I don't think they use high, uh, Instagram as much as maybe well, people like Snapchat. Watch yeah. the
0: social dilemma. How many times do I have to say it on this podcast? All these things are poison for you.
4: Like family cousins of mine, like who are in like the 18 year old range. All they do is communicate on Snapchat.
0: There is a reason that That's like crazy. The, silicon valley engineers who use this uh many of them don't have their kids use these devices or these platforms
4: hillary clinton said that on Dak shepard's podcast she was like i was at some event with all of these like big tech big wigs and they said that they let none of their kids use social media yeah, and it's, they're it's, like the guys who invented instagram and snapchat
0: it's like if all the tobacco executives 40 years ago were like yeah we don't let our children smoke are you kidding me right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's basically yeah. what's going on here Holy shit. Okay, that's it. Thank you to everyone who stuck around. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, David Hasselhoff, whatever. We'll see you guys on Monday. Best of luck for the playoffs.